Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Let's get this party started. This is Ghetto. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. It's on a website. This is FNA. I am a god. Now what? Why don't you get out of that jumpsuit and let me smack that fat ass? <laughs> That's a scary crew. <laughs> as far as the product goes, uh, the voice of a new generation, man. You guys are the young guys. Are really at the top of their games. The two of them had something in common. We bring you Radio Ecstasy. Oh, it's beautiful. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. FNA. FNA. Let it happen. This is the FNA Podcast. Yes, yeah, a Friday edition of the FNA Podcast. It is Kevin Figures, Adam Alston with you as always. It's Appreciate our it. pleasure to be with you on a Friday. That's my pleasure. You want to interact F- with? Go on, Adam. No, well, fnapodcast.com. We do have the Amazon link. I want to get that out of the way because that's one way you can support this show. Yes. If you really love us, click on the Amazon link and then buy everything you want. You want to get in touch with the show at FNA Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I am at KFig1. Adam is at follow Adam A. We do have rap news on the back end of the show today. Give us a hint as to what we'll be talking about. Jay Z is not a subject matter okay. uh, in rap news, although there was a versus battle on Thursday night. And it got a little heated. All got right. a little heated. Some heat. Somebody went Some a little personal, and then somebody had to slow things down and say, hold up, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> Let's slow that down a little bit. Hold up. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that on the back end of the show with some rap news. Before we get to that, though, it's time for another edition of NBA Roundtable with our friend Bob Schmidt, the disembodied voice of AM570 here. The best voice in all of radio kicks the living S out of that Jack FM guy. Jackass FM. That's how I, that's what I call him. But uh, Bob Smith's an NBA expert as well because he wins a lot in fantasy and pays attention to a lot of the weird minutia and NBA trade talk. And free agency starts today at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Bob, how are you? Good. It's good to see too? you. Yeah, good to see you guys too. Before we get to the NBA stuff, while we have you here, actually, would you mind uh, repeating a few things? While we're recording this. <laughs> okay, sure. Could you say best win? Best win? That's what you want me to say? Like W-H-E-N? Best win. Oh, what? best win. Best win. Worst loss. Worst loss. Moral victory. Moral victory. Moral defeat. Moral defeat. What in the world? No. Surprise of the week? Yes. Surprise of the week. Oh, Troy epic fail of the week. Ultra epic fail of the week. Oh, Troy. Oh, Troy, epic fail of the week. Got him. (laughs) All right. Anyways, how happy are you with the Cleveland Cavaliers pick? Bob is a long-suffering fan that eventually got to see his team win the championship in 2016. Clippers fans this year. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm kind of indifferent. I mean, I don't don't love... That's the worst. I'd rather be passionately pissed than indifferent. Yeah, well, I mean, (laughs) I'm not... I wouldn't say he's the guy that I wanted there, but... uh, I guess there's a part of me that's like, well, this draft didn't blow me away. So at least it's not like, oh, we missed out on a guy that I thought was a surefire star. It's just more like, ah, oh, we took a guy that wasn't necessarily the guy that I wanted. 
What, I don't, pick, what pick did you guys have? They had the fifth pick. I, and and the, I think the issue was like the day before the draft or the day of the draft, Woj and, and Stein and all these people were talking about how the Knicks did that draft day trade where they swapped the 27th pick and the 38th pick for like the 23rd pick. And that set off this chain of tweets and speculation that the Knicks were trying to move up to get Obi okay. um, from the eight spot. And so the natural partner there was, you know, people were like, oh, well, they'll try to climb up to Cleveland or Atlanta's pick at five or six. Uh, so then, you know, you start thinking, oh, maybe the Cavs can trade down and get a second first round pick. So when nothing happens and you end up just taking the guy that you probably could have got at eight or nine, it just sort of feels like a wasted opportunity. Anticlimactic. Bum, yeah. bum, bum, bum. In a grand scheme, I was talking to somebody about this last week. The talk of long-suffering fans and being able to win for the long term versus winning one championship and being content with that. Now that the Cavs are, I'm sorry to say, back to normal. No, back no, to sort I, of I take, are you asking if I take the title? Over? Yes. Would you, yeah, oh, would yeah. you take one championship? 100%. And knowing that your team is likely going to be mediocre again for a sustained period of time, or would you rather be really good for a long stretch and increase your opportunities to win, but obviously you're not really guaranteed a championship? Hey, it's better to it's, have loved and then lost sort of, a ton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, it's kind of like the Dodgers still, you know, like yeah. I, I would absolutely always take the title. I'm the same way. I grew up an Angel fan. This came up because they were talking about, you know, the Dodgers and built for sustained success and all that. And I was like, I lived it. I was an Angel fan when I was a kid. They sucked. They came out of nowhere, won a championship in 2 were good for a while, but never won a championship, and now they suck again. But if you're asking me, would I rather be good for 20 years and never win or win one championship and be terrible forever, I'd rather win one championship. But there's there's different sides of the aisle on that, too. Who wants to be good without actually tasting without the, the champagne? It's well, like a bunch of edging. Obviously, you're, you're giving yourself the opportunity to win. Can I take one guaranteed championship this year? Or have a 15-year uh, strain of, I know I'm going to be in the hunt. I'm you're guaranteed to make the playoffs every year for 15 years. You're going to win the division 12 of those 15 years. You have a chance to win, but you never know what's going to happen mm. versus the guarantee that I'm going to win the championship in this one given year. I'd always take the guarantee. Maybe I'll that changes if you're like a Laker, a Celtic fan who cares about like organizational legacy. Yeah. But like if you're not a – you know, when you see, you see like Simmons always get – all bent out of shape when people talk about like the total number of titles the Lakers have. If you're at that level of fandom where you care about that kind of arbitrary stuff versus just like rooting for a team that rarely or never gets over the hump, mm -hmm. I think you're gonna look. You're, almost every fan base would be like, "I'll take the one title." Yeah, there's only the most entitled fan bases that would be like, True. "No, I'll roll the dice because I already have." you know, 17 in the bank. You live off the legacy, <laughs> which today means nothing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's different depending on who you root for. If you're a Clippers fan, if you're a Kings fan, yeah. you want that guaranteed title. Yeah. <laughs> you want to finally reach that point and feel that. Because when I was talking about the draft a second ago, of the top three picks, did you guys feel like they were the unanimous three best players? And who has the best chance of being a bust out of those three? Mello. It's easy to say Mello because I just I know so little about him in general compared to the other two, and I, I'm not going to act like I know a lot about the others either. You know, he has such a small sample size. Wiseman played seven games last year or whatever it was. Anthony Edwards played a lot, right? Anthony Edwards said he didn't even want to play basketball. He'd rather play football than he just plays basketball because he's good. So he's got some Andrew Bynum in him. So that's not inspiring either. <laughs> so, uh, but from a pure talent standpoint, yeah, I think Edwards is probably the guy to go with. Lamelo, I think, is intriguing because he has all, he has the modern day skill set. He's six six, can handle the ball pretty well. His jump shot is not good at all, but it can still improve. 
Uh, he's a good athlete. He has the, ch- the chance to be a good defensive player. I just don't know. He's At- Lonzo with more wiggle, they say. Yeah. He's shiftier. He's a little bit more explosive. Definitely. But he shot under 40% against Australians. And people said that his defense was terrible. Oh, it is. I say he has defensive potential so, because of his length and his and his size. But, yeah, he's raw, too. Zero effort on that end. It's just amazing to think a guy could be in, in talks of being the number one pick who conceivably is missing both a jump shot and defense. Yeah. It's you like, know? what are you bringing the, to the th- table? That's the part to me that's like, well, everybody's like, oh, those three were at the top of the board. It's like, well, doesn't seem like there's a lot of separation then between and, one, two, three. Right. And, five through 10 because it seems like almost every prospect had considerable holes well and that's what it is so with, with that being the case you're they're basically drafting purely on potential and nothing else let's get this guy into our system and just coach him up for three years and hopefully he's a good player and then we can sign him to an extension and he'll be worth it at that point point. The there's, there's few people in this draft that i think we're going to be immediate impact players and the ones that were are going to be role players there's no i don't think there's superstar potential quite honestly with any of these guys and the Charlotte Hornets needed some buzz, so to speak. They needed somebody to did, build around. Did you see the, um, I think it was, I don't know who was reporting. I saw it this morning, though, the uh, rumors about the Clippers and Rozier and the Harold Rozier swap. I could that- see that. That's a, that's a team that people have talked about for a while. If there's a sign and trade with Montrez Harold. Because of the stipulations surrounding doing a sign-and-trade nowadays, Charlotte is one of the few teams where they could do it, and then obviously the Clippers would get a point guard out of it, a guy who Charlotte doesn't need anymore. I wouldn't mind seeing them get Bismack Biombo back in the trade. <laughs> Somebody who's a defensive-minded Isn't he, uh, is he off the books yet? I thought he, his last year was last I think, season. I thought he was a free agent, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure on oh, that. Well, then they can just get him well, for regardless, free. Well, regardless, <laughs> it would be interesting to see if they – you know, would make that swap because you got to think Charlotte now with Graham and Rozier and mm-hmm. Mello, you know, it, somebody's kind of an odd man out there. Yeah. Part of me feels like they're hedging against the idea that because Graham was a second round pick, you don't have that kind of long-term control yeah. like you do with first rounders. So maybe despite him being, you know, a great scorer, but a fairly low percentage shooter. That's the thing. Yeah. Everybody was like, well, why wasn't he talked about more for most improved player? And I understand that, but all he did was take more shots. Well, he shot the exact same percentage. His percentage is, is terrible, but he makes some difficult looks and he's a very good pick and roll point guard. Like he's so fast. I, I, I don't think he's the greatest player in the world, but I do think he's one of those guys you watch. And when you find out he shot under 40%, you're like, well, if there's a good way to shoot under 40%. <laughs> How then, many threes did he take? Oh, he game? took t- a lot. I'm guessing, a I'm guessing a eight. I'm guessing somewhere between like six and a half and eight. Okay. If I had to if I had to guess. Well, I'm going to look it up right now. You also wonder and hope if someone like him, if he got a, a, a modicum of some help, maybe the numbers would go up because he wouldn't have as much burden on his shoulders. I, I don't actually, know. I don't mind their core. Like I, I like PJ Washington. Yeah. I don't hate Miles Bridges. Uh, Zeller, I think, should be a backup, but I think he's a serviceable big. Mm-hmm. He sets good screens. He's not, like, flashy. I just, you know, they don't have that high-end star. They're never going to get that unless they draft it, and yeah. so they're or always going to build around the margins. they just take some horrid, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook type thing. But, right. again, he's he's not necessarily going to impact your winning. He just no. has a lot more name recognition than anybody no. that's on your roster. He'd make you a, a moderately better, but yeah, as far oh, as yeah. like actually competing, absolutely not. And All Harold, right. I guess, would make sense because he's someone that you can improve on the margins. He's not going to win you a championship, but he's a good player. He can make you better. Yeah. How much better, I don't know. 
All right, Adam. I'm I think feeling I pretty was a, stupid here. A little higher than it actually was. That I, and second thought, I'm like, well, six and a half is about as high as I'm going to go. No, nine. Nine. Three point attempts per oh, game. I was Considering like, more than half of his shots were three pointers, and he shot 37 percent from three, it makes a lot more sense why he shot 38 percent from the field. So well, his that, effective field goal percentage is much higher. I I, okay. I take that. That looks much better to me. And Bismack Biombo is a free agent. He was yeah. making seventeen million. It just came off the books. Yeah, that's right. what I was thinking. Because because they still have one more year of Zeller, who's somewhere around ten or eleven or twelve million, and he was the guy that everybody keeps throwing in to to possible deals now because he's not a horrible contributor, but he's also a fairly big price tag. Well, Batum is yeah. the ridiculous yeah. one. Twenty-seven, like 27 million. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I said Batum has opted in. Yo, you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hey, uh, I was surprised Hayward opted out of month, thirty-four million. I think most people are. There's rumors this morning. Mark Stein posted something on his Twitter saying that Indiana's in talks for a sign trade. There's other people who believe that he's going to take like a four-year, hundred million dollar deal right. and stay in Boston. Not even less I'm per not even year, about, you know, more, guaranteed more guaranteed overall. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would imagine no matter where he goes, it's going to be less than it's going to be in that 25 to 30. Yeah. Less than the annual range. money he was making this year. But he actually had a really security. good year last yeah, year yeah, overall numbers wise. He did. But but, you know, I mean, you're 30. Mm-hmm. You might not want to roll the dice after you've missed two post yeah, yeah two giant injuries it's like yeah. hey let me have one last big payday before this thing starts you know declining even more yeah because if the money goes the other way and you're competing in a market that has fred van vliet like yeah, that, it's not it's not a really big market yeah, yeah it's like trez that's your big competition and trez did tweet out earlier today today is going to be very interesting yeah and who's going to set the market? Yeah, well, who's the problem be is that guy? with that, you know, there's not a lot of teams that have a whole lot of money to work with. No. So, like a gigantic, stupid contract. All horrible, too. Yeah, there's not, no one has the money to be able to do that. So, who's going to be Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss the, the and give Mozgov Timothy Mozgov and, and Lou Aldang huge money? Who's going to be that stupid? It really is amazing, even this many years later. <laughs> looking back at that because he was Mozgov was the first person like right at midnight yeah he was he was one of the first names like, to fall man, oh, this yeah. was this was that urgent huh? you know, that's sad <laughs> they missed on re-signing dwight a couple years later they get Mozgov. things have turned around now uh the trade of dennis schroeder uh i know adam likes it i loved it too Love to it. be honest with you i don't know if he can replicate last oh, year I was, hate a, it. was a career high <laughs> actually uh and three-point shooting for him uh whether you can replicate it or not remains to be seen but just overall what are your thoughts on the lakers acquired the, everything you said, I echo it. It's like, like you know, you're getting a a better player. Same. It's not a heinous contract. It's no. Same, it's basically the same, same thing. money. Yeah. And all you gave up was what the 28th pick. Right. I mean, it, that's it's a LeBron team. They're gonna keep trading late first rounders forever, and I'm fine with that. If they, especially in this draft, it's like you didn't even have to give up one. I if I was gonna get one first from the Lakers in that kind of dump, I would want one way in the future. Yeah, um, like post LeBron, hope for it to be something in the mid lotto. But you know, I I don't I think that's a no brainer. And I I give them credit for acting quickly. They got a, out ahead of most of the rest of the league and getting those kind mm-hmm. of trades and dumps and stuff. If they had waited till after the Drew Holiday trade went down, they probably would have had to give up more yeah. to get Dennis Schroeder. Probably they probably would have. Yeah. And the rumor was they actually were in on Drew Holiday early on, but they couldn't match compensation, so they dumped out in Chase Shooter. Yeah, exactly, in Chase Shooter after that. Yeah. I thought Shooter was going to be the sixth man. I thought there's an argument to be made that he should have been, and I just thought Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams would split the vote. You know, 
But yeah. I think it was because Trez was third the year before, and they thought he improved even more. He earned it this time around. But Schroeder, with what he did off the bench and then in a starting role at times, too, he led them in scoring in 18 of their games during the regular season in three of their seven postseason games with OKC. And he was really clutch. One of the reasons they had like one of the best clutch ratings is because of him and CP3, of course. But he was unbelievable down the stretch. Yeah. And he has some Rondo-like tendencies. He's got like that headstrong. <laughs> yeah. He's got that attitude that kind of got him in trouble back in the day with Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's improved defensively this past year, too, which was one of his biggest drawbacks over his career. So the fact that he's coming to a team that's already defensive-oriented, he improved his individual defense. You assume he's only going to get better getting into the Lakers program. So I can't hate it enough. Yeah. I'm sure as a Clipper. <laughs> you know what? It's I awful. Love, I love that Clippers move. With Shamit. Thank you. Yeah. I'd like four. Because I get a text from Tim Cates right afterwards. Just it's people Luke Kennard. No, it's people who you don't know, watch trolling the Pistons. Yeah. Like, no, uh, he's just, serious. Just straight he up. He thinks he sucks. Straight up, Kennard's he a better player. He actually explicitly told me he was trolling you. Uh, oh, afterwards, <laughs> when he read everybody else saying it was a good move, okay. he said... My, he is a UCLA guy and might not like somebody from Duke, but I don't think a lot of people were paying attention to Kennard, especially Red State Cates, who doesn't even watch the NBA anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, Kennard, is, I mean, he, he was hurt a little bit last year, but his numbers, he's a good creator, too, for not just scoring. Like, he's a, he's a good secondary distributor for somebody who plays a two-guard. In 10 of his 28 games he played in last year, he scored 20 points or more. Yeah. That's and, really impressive. And and the idea that they got four second-round picks, too, just Well, that just came out last night. I saw that, and I'm like, man, that didn't even seem necessary. They fleeced Detroit again. I don't know why Detroit always wants to do trades with the Clippers. Well, I, I honestly don't understand how... Yeah, I don't understand how you turn Shamit into that. Like with Detroit, who cares? They wanted the draft pick and the four years of control. They didn't want to have to extend. I get it. If you don't want to have to extend Kennard for, you know, whatever money he's going to, because he's probably going to be more expensive than Shamit in terms of what he's asking for. I would expect he'll ask for somewhere in the, you know, $12, $13 million a year range. They could exercise an extension with him before December 21st. They could, which is interesting because they could get him under. Them. I think I think his price tag will go down next summer just due to the glut of people that are going to be on the market and the fact that you know the cap potentially will continue to fall back based on revenue. Right. I wouldn't I wouldn't roll the dice this soon with them because also I mean this is a guy who just missed. 35 40 games yeah like didn't play since december 11th he said he could have come back when the season was going to resume but detroit doesn't make it inside the bubble he was ready he was healthy and he was playing in their mini camp because all the teams that didn't make it were able to work out in september and he was running point for them yeah because all they have is him and derrick rose really in the backcourt currently i think it's a great move i think it's an underrated great move fantasy legend Bruce Brown like that. I, <laughs> I, I resent that. See, that's a deep cut for somebody that plays a lot of fantasy basketball. When I saw him traded to the Nets to just sit behind that malcontent, just I just thought, what wasted potential? 24 my, my sweet young Bruce, 24 years old, was one of the one of the best rebounding two guards slash one guard combo guards in the league come fantasy playoff time. And now he's irrelevant. Much like my other fantasy hero. Uh, Shaquille Harrison, also waived by the Chicago Bulls. So, you know, what can you do? I was also th wondering, because we bring up Bismack Biombo, he's going to be a free agent too. I didn't realize that. But there are a lot of good big men in that range. You could get somebody, well, for Serge Ibaka is going to demand more money. But Serge and, and Gallo seem to be the two kind of stretch bigs that 
are gonna cash in. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the ones that jumps at. I think Gasol will be pretty cheap. Gasol he should be at this point. Tristan Thompson could still get. He's going to get mid level. He's going to get mid level because a contender is going to want him, and that's basically their only avenue. So it's either going to be, and this seems completely unlikely, but I'm praying for it, a sign and trade where he gets slightly over mid level, and the Cavs can get something back for him, or he's just going to take the mid level or the majority of the mid level from some contender to go play for them. I would, you know, I half expect it's either going to be the Clippers or the Lakers, just due to all his ties to. You know, the city. Yeah. I, I like Derek Favors being out there. He's still, I don't think, I mean, think he's 30. And then Nerland's Noel was very serviceable I read with a, OKC. I read a lot of Philly reunion rumors uh, yesterday regarding Nerland's. Son of a bitch. I mean, who knows? It won't be a bad fit. Because they waved uh, Norvell. They've been waving people to kind of carve out some extra cap space. Right? I like the moves they've made already with Daryl I love the moves they made. I love that. I love the Getting out of there. the Horford Getting contract. out of Horford and adding three legit shooters, like when you, I mean, Isaiah well, Joe, who knows if he he really can carve out a spot on the roster, but between him and Curry and Green, I that's don't know all they've been are, missing is outside shooting yeah. this past year. You know? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a much better looking roster now. Danny Green, even though he was you know derided all of last season by Lakers fans, maybe rightfully so because he had such a bad shooting year and then he missed the shot in Game Five to close out the finals. But he shot 46% from three just the year before that. It's conceivable that he gets somewhat back to shooting over 40% from distance. And his defensive metrics were still a plus last year. Yeah. The Lakers were a plus when he was on the floor despite his offensive woes. And freaking Seth Curry lit up the Clippers in that first round series with Dallas, and he shot 45% from three. I love what they did. I love I, I love their draft. I mean, I also love what Dallas is doing, though, in the sense of I know they're taking back some of these guys that we said we didn't like with the Sixers, but I do like them when it comes to being in the Maverick system. With Richardson, because they don't need nearly as much three-point shooting. They need more defense. I like mm. Richardson. I like Tyler Bay. Like I like these guys that they're adding who are just these long, kind of rangy prospects who can hopefully comp- – I, I kind of feel like they're – and I, I think maybe I even heard someone talking about this on like the Ringer podcast or one of those ones where they were talking about how – much it kind of resembles the way that the Lakers were constructed last year and having all these long wings out there and, mm-hmm. and even long guards uh, defensively where it's like, okay, you've got your top-end talent and maybe you're not going to make a superstar splash, but I do like the what they're doing with their complementary pieces. Who do you think the Lakers get to replace Danny Green defensively? Because everybody's talking about Wesley Matthews. I like Justin Holiday who shot 40% from three last season, and you could probably get him for pretty cheap. He's a free agent. There yeah, are, I mean, if they can't get someone like Jay Crowder, they can't get Marcus Morris, right? I hope they don't get Jay Crowder. <laughs> They're going to re-sign Markeith. Jay Crowder will be interesting because he and LeBron, for whatever reason, didn't work. When because they Jay Crowder's an asshole. So, <laughs> I wonder who I, do you hate were... more between him and Marcus Morris? <laughs> well, well, because JR delivered you know, that haymaker to Jay Crowder's face, I feel like... That kind of like came off the Jay Crowder hate tab because I'm like, okay, well, he had to pay that price. Uh, whereas <laughs> Marcus, Marcus Morris, getting his. it's mostly just unchecked assholery yes. that uh, I would say I probably hate Marcus Morris more. Mm. Um, but Jay Crowder's up there. It's just a lot of flopping and a lot of talking and a lot of fake tough guy. And they all <laughs> kind of fall into that same mold of player to me. Kent Bazemore is also out there. Reunite I love Bazemore. Yeah. I love Bazemore. I mean, I I think he's just a you know a, a solid player all around. And 
uh, he seems like a happy guy on the bench. Like, okay. so. <laughs> Mo Harkless is also out there. Harkless is someone that they've actually, the rumors are they're interested in. Uh, and he'll be a defensive wing. That, that that would obviously be a big pickup for them. Maybe not as great of an outside shooter, but definitely can help him. Is yeah. Kenrick Williams, he's a restricted free agent? I'm not 100% sure. Okay. I like him. I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of those discount guys who you're like, well, I think it'll just kind of depend how fast people move. Well, with the Lakers, it also depends on what they do and how much money they have with their mid-level. What is KCP going to get on the open market? And is yeah, it what do you got? What do you Because th- the Lakers have how much space? Somewhere in the neighborhood of, of KCP and maybe at that point, it's mostly just going to be bargain guys. Pretty much, yeah. What do you think KCP brings? My mm. guess is... He was he's, getting eight, right? Yeah, my guess is he's getting at least 12. On a, ba- on a base year. He was really consistent for them inside the bubble in the playoffs. No, he was great. Yeah. But but there's that part of you that's just like, ah, damn. He's going to be the one that prevents you from really. He's right. going to command so much of that remaining money that's left that it's like, yeah, he did earn it last year in the playoffs. But it's a shame that they can't say, hey, KCP, you're a clutch guy, you know? Like, yeah. Just help us run this thing back. I mean, it's not a shame, right, Adam? But, like, <laughs> you get, I, I, know, I know what I'm thinking. I just I don't necessarily want the Lakers to benefit from that, but it seems like you did give the guy twenty something million a few years ago. It's almost like this is like their his opportunity to say, yeah, yeah you guys help me out here. Let me Let's help you out. Let's get some Joe Smith action. Going, I don't think that's know? happening. Like st- I think if you're him, he's, he's trying to get every single shekel he can Absolutely. get. Absolutely, and I don't blame him. In sticking in the Pacific Division, which is brutal. Sorry, Sacramento. Ugh. But how much better are the Phoenix Suns? Because I'm still in the camp of. I can't see CP3 being as healthy as he was last year, two years in a row at the age of 35, and I think he'll be 36 before the season is over. And it's not like they had, you know, zero point guard help. They had Ricky Rubio, who's good. They're not going from zero to 100 with CP3. They had someone more than serviceable, and they lose Kelly Oubre, who's now with the Golden State Warriors, too. Yeah. Everybody immediately said, "Okay, they're a playoff team," and I'm thinking to myself, "Well, well, I think it's. I think people are given. I think after last year with OKC, people look at that and say, okay, well, maybe there is something to the idea that some people just have a positive impact on winning.' Uh, He's got to be healthy, though. I agree. He played agree. 68 of the 70 games last year. But I don't know that. He, like, you want him to be healthy when it matters. But st- it's still going to be Booker carrying the majority of the load on that team. And, and, and Aiden hopefully Aiden taking another step second. forward. Yeah. You know, so that let, there's going to be burden on Chris Paul, yes. But also the hope is less of a burden with those guys being able to take a step forward, too. Plus, there was people who felt like despite Ubre's scoring ability, that when he was out of the, the lineup more and when Bridges got to play in a starting role, that that team took like a significant step forward in terms of playing both ways and yeah. and their actual on-court product maybe he's not the more talented you know overall player yet but there's definitely an argument to be made that that bridges is a better fit yeah and people are also remembering they went eight no in the bubble they had some momentum i still wonder how much of what happens in the bubble translates outside no, i don't think it does with tj no. warren with jamal murray like that there's some stuff that seemed a little too fluky <laughs> I like I think Phoenix would make the playoffs if you guarantee that CP3 is going to play 90% of their games. But I don't know if they're good enough if he gets injured to carry them. I mean, you can say they're going to get be in that range of 7 through 10 for the play-in tournament. I do believe Which that. Which is where I'd put them. I would yeah. put some people are saying, "Oh, there are 4 or 5." I don't know if I'm guaranteeing that. That's a stretch to me. And I love yeah. Booker. But to, but to say that they're in the mix for a, for a playoff spot, absolutely. 
I have yeah. no qualms about saying that they're absolutely in the in the bottom third or the bottom the bottom half of the uh, the, the playoff conversation in the West. I'll give them that. I do like I that format fair. too. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. I'm not a fan. I mean, depending, what, wait, depending the play on the play-in or the bubble, what are you talking about? The play-in. Okay. Depending on the year. My thing is, like, if you're a seven seed and you have a six-game lead over eight, why do, you, why do you have to prove yourself a second time around that you have to make it? I've I already agree, qualified. I agree with that. I've set myself That's apart. Point. Yeah. I just wonder how much of a break was there last year? Was the seven seed, that was Dallas, were, was it about five games? It was like five or so. Yeah. Yeah. I so, wonder if most most years it's like that, or if most years it's, it's within tighter. three games. So, and that's the thing. And maybe they should do it that way. I know it's more complicated when you're talking TV contracts and all that. Just say, hey, if at the end of the season there's a two and a half game difference, then we can do a play in. Mm-hmm. But if there's a line separator where you have a certain amount of games lead over the person behind you, you should automatically qualify. It's kind of like how if you don't win enough games in the NFC East, you shouldn't qualify exactly. for a damn playoff spot this year. In the well, it's also, NFL. you know, you got baseball where you play a one-game playoff series, and then all that work is wasted. I mean, I think there's problems to be had across the board, but until it plays out, you, like that's when they'll make changes. It's when the worst outcome happens, and a, you know, a seven seed with a six-game lead who gets bumped from the playoffs, then they'll then they'll tweak it. But yeah. I, I do love the idea of like, okay, let's add some intrigue for the end of the... Also, I like the idea that it maybe would prevent the one seeds and two seeds from trying to finesse who their first-round mashups mm-hmm. are and get them... And maybe it'll stop some of these teams from just intentionally shutting it down at the end of the year. And the Lakers didn't know who was going to be their first-round matchup in the bubble scenario... And people and they talked about enough. how that was a disadvantage because they're the number one seed and they right. still haven't realized who the eighth seed is going right. to be. Well, I'll tell you who didn't say that was uh, Skip Bayless. Somehow that was an advantage. <laughs> so, now, what do you think? Uh, like, in general, I just root for chaos anyway, though. So there's a part of me that's like, okay, I'm willing to roll the dice, see what happens. You're with an all engine that of stuff. chaos like the Joker? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so what do you think about the – I mean, your kings are in this uh, chaotic situation of sorts right now. Well – I really thought, and the league is now investigating it, but I thought when that trade started to fall apart for Bogdanovich going to the Milwaukee Bucks, which I thought, and I love them getting Drew Holiday. You do whatever it takes. You have a once-in-a-generation player in Giannis Adenokupo. I don't care that they gave up three picks, first-round picks, and two uh, pick swaps. But I thought, okay, they figured out that they need to walk things back a couple of steps now. Because the league is going to realize there was tampering going on. They don't want to get fined. But then when Ilyasova gets cut yesterday or released, then I'm like, wow, the trade really is probably dead. <laughs> and it sounds like it is. Well, it- I, I had read now, mind you. Okay, so you saw the part where when the Drew Holiday trade happened, there was that little ruffle of, okay, well, the Cavs actually own the Bucks 2022 pick, so they're going to need to release the protections on it in order for they're going to have to make it be an unprotected pick like right. 1 to 30 so that the buck could then trade all those other picks to the pelicans and there were complications with bogey's contract and what range it needed to be in well right work. i guess what i'm saying though is even with Ilya Sova getting waived there's a possibility they could still make the drew trade work i think then don't quote me on this but like if they switched say george hill out for one of the guys that makes like seven million as opposed to George Hill's ten or eleven, I think they could still make both trades work. It mm. would just be 
necessary for the Pelicans to help facilitate that and be like, okay, we're fine taking this other player. Now, maybe they wouldn't do that. Maybe they'd get an extra asset somehow to make that happen. But I don't think it it's impossible. I think what would have to happen, though, realistically, is the Bucks are going to have to take one of their four or five free agents, and they're going to have to then sign and trade them hmm. in order to balance those salaries to get Bogey in that $20 million per year range, which some people are saying like, okay, the way the deal was originally constructed, he would have made around $16 million per season. But he really wants something like 18 to 20 and this is just a negotiating ploy. Now, yes. maybe I don't know where the truth lies if it's facilitated by Bogey's agent and Bogey being like, well, we got him over a barrel now. Let's, <laughs> let's get the money I want. Or it, there's other theories that it's people who want to blow the deal up so that you might see, you know, Giannis leave eventually. Uh, and then there's people who just think, okay, well, Woj was too definitive with it, and the NBA is doing this just for show to make sure they don't seem like, yeah, we all know it happens, but it can't, right. it can't be so overt the as this because he's a sign and trade guy. Like it's even more ridiculous than pre-reporting a trade that involves guys under contract. Yeah, so, so that's I why it looks so suspect. Because if Woj and Shams and Chris Haynes, if one of them. Uh, says something is certain <laughs> it usually is no very, I, I agree wrong but I also I also don't like this like when people are getting upset at at uh, how a tweet is worded by a reporter it's like teams shouldn't be able to be punished for something a reporter says if they don't confirm it right uh, it, uh, and I get why it, I think it's more the NBA is just like well this is a horrible look and and if we find evidence now that we're investigating the actual teams We'll shut it down. But the idea this was all precipitated by what unaffiliated non-employees of these teams tweeted out as journalists trying to break the stories first. It's like you can't hold the teams accountable for that information. If they didn't go and pre-report it, I don't want the deal to fall apart because I think it's ridiculous that it would happen in the way that it's happening when we see situations like even in what Anthony Davis did, where you basically have people working behind the scenes to orchestrate what players already under contract can do to get to the places they want to go or, or take James Harden saying like, I only want the nets. How is that not a form of tampering to say to even to precondition a trade to say like, well, if you trade me here, I won't resign. It's still essentially yeah. manipulating your way into where you want to go and and it, it might not be a letter of the law break but to me it's a worse abuse of the system than to have both parties agree beforehand and say like everybody's getting what they want here versus i'm going to leverage future information as a player to essentially steer myself to one of only a handful of teams i take more offense to that it's almost getting to the point because Things are so unclear and murky with what's tampering and what isn't, especially in the social media age when you're dealing with all these reporters, that it is like a fruitless endeavor like weed and uh, Stop trying <laughs> regulating to weed. That's what I'm saying. It, it, because they, they, the league has drawn this imaginary line where it's like, well, we can't police players, but we'll, we'll find any executive who says anything. Also, yeah. that's the other thing. If you want to punish someone for tampering and they want to find the Bucks and the Kings, who cares? Do it. But but to stop the deal from happening, like look at what happened to Ilyasova. There are so many ripples to when you do something like this where he would have had his salary guaranteed 
at $7 million a year. And now because of this investigation, he got waived and he'll get none of that money. Mm. Now, maybe he signs another contract, but I doubt it's going to be for $7 million He's a year. 33 or 34, right? And and he there's a guy who averaged like five points and four yeah. rebounds last year or something. It's not... It, it's it's unfair to those guys too, but no, obviously nobody cares about Ilyasova in this whole thing. But it it sucks. It sucks for him, and it, it's kind of like it. It reminds me of the whole Joe Smith thing when it's like, but at least he was complicit in that scheme with the Wolves where he took those they small circumvented deals. the salary cap. Yeah, but then when they punished the Wolves and they voided the contract, Joe Joe Smith never saw that eighty million. Uh, he was the one who ended up is. It, 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 there's people who feel like, okay, well, the Wolves paid a price because they lost a bunch of first-round picks. But Joe Smith lost $80 million, and yeah. the career earnings for a player are far less. Like, it's far more punitive than punishing a team which is going to go on for another 40, 60, 100 years, however long, you know, these organizations exist. Two more questions before we get out of here. Two more topics. What happens with the Rockets, James Harden, Westbrook? Where do you think they end up? Does James Harden facilitate his way or orchestrate his way to getting to Brooklyn? Uh, I think it's more realistic that he'll end up in Philly, candidly. Um, he should. I would trade Ben Simmons. I mean, I would that's the I move. think that's what it's going to come down to. I think it comes down to both teams can conceivably offer a pile of picks, but the more beneficial star that can come back will be the one that wins it. And I think with a guy like Harden, you just have to roll the dice with the idea that if you're Philly or you're Brooklyn and you're competitive and you have solid players already that you can convince him to stay. I would not I would not hesitate if I'm Philly to roll the dice on the idea that I don't care if Harden previously said he only wants to be traded to Brooklyn. We have nothing to lose here. You know, like this is our window. Let's roll the dice because you yeah. know, it's not they don't there's not a lot of situations where you can get a true MVP level superstar. And they're already a competitive team. How how often are you going to get this chance to potentially push yourself over the top? And it's insurance, depending on how KD looks when he comes back. Nobody yeah. has any idea what he's going to look like coming back from the most devastating, crippling injury in NBA history and Achilles injuries. Yeah. Uh, what about Westbrook, quickly? How do they get rid of that? I don't think I think they're just going to have to give him away for to a team with cat like if it's going to happen if the Knicks or the Hornets are going to take him I don't think they're sending picks back because I think they know you don't have to. Yeah. Everybody, everybody that's moving this offseason is getting assets sent with them if they're even a remotely suspect deal. Even even you know to to add an extra year of Covington for Ariza just to upgrade Ariza to Covington cost them two first round picks mm -hmm. yeah there, there's no way that that's gonna like if they're not willing to send assets with Westbrook then their only hope is that somebody who's so far under the cap and just doesn't think anybody will ever sign with them absorbs him and the Knicks are too arrogant for that they think they're gonna sign someone every summer so if they strike out on Hayward maybe maybe they're like well we'll roll the dice on Westbrook we have more than two maxes worth of salary cap space but for the Hornets I don't do that for a second unless they send me some assets back. Yeah. You you didn't even want to pay Kemba Walker when he was 30. <laughs> you didn't want to pay him $28 million, but you want to pay Russell Westbrook 40, 41, 41, 42, 44. You know, that's, that's bananas to me. Quick, I would not do it. Last question. Golden State Warriors, can they still be a contender somehow? I mean, can they still win it all? Not just be in the hunt 
for a top four seed in the West, but can they still win it all without Clay? Do they still have a path? I think they'll be more competitive than most people think because I don't think their moves are done being made. They already got Oubre, but they're gonna they'll have the disabled player exception when that's when like that's official. That's gonna be like nine million. Plus, they'll have their uh, mid-level exceptions, I think. I don't know how that works with what's happening now with the cap. They did have them. I don't know with these maneuvers of taking on Ubre and right. how those uh, exceptions are impacted. But I will say, uh, I think they'll still be competitive, but I, I think Draymond's you know, on his washed. way to washed. And, yeah. uh, and Clay, he was a ridiculously helpful player. You know, I, I don't know if you can expect that the guys that they bring. But I do think... As devastated as I'd be with Clay's injury as a Warriors fan, I still love what they've got in front of them for the future. Because they've got they it's like Wiggins and Ubre, that should add something. They got Wiseman. They're gonna have another high pick next year. And, you know, they may even keep their first round pick because that was protected one to twenty, basically. So if they finish really bad, they're not giving up anything for Ubre. I feel like they're gonna be really aggressive. They already have, I guess, getting yeah. Ubre in there. Maybe they find a trade for Andrew Wiggins somehow. But yeah. there's a responsibility to still be great because Steph Curry is still conceivably in his prime. And they have tasted success and they just had It'd be one thing if this was the first year of Clay not being there and them having that lost season, but they just went through that. They have to make noise this offseason, but he is Bob Schmidt. Bob, what's the uh, Twitter account that you never at voice of Bob at voice of Bob or might be at voice Bob. I don't even know my hand. (laughs) I'm going to find it and tweet (laughs) at it later when we tweet out this podcast, but he is the voice of AM 570 LA sports. He is the lower lumbar backbone of this station and uh, one of the best basketball minds, obviously, not just in the building, in the world. Bob, thanks for doing this Appreciate today. It. Thanks, guys. Touts the virtues of a machine that automatically smacks a wife or girlfriend into line. A generation raised on now, even though we were going through our drama, I would never wish death on nobody, you know what I'm saying? Because ain't no coming back from that. Who said so? This is an artist called Eminem. It's spelled funky. All of the prison just for what? Because he's a white guy. Bill O'Reilly. Chris Brown is accused of assault and battery. I love all the rappers today, but it's hard to defend this so Versus did make its return on Thursday night. No, it did not feature T.I. or Jay-Z or any Eminem or any Busta Rhymes, none of that. It featured NHL hockey and the sports soup. <laughs> the old Versus channel. That's right. I forgot about the Versus <laughs> channel. That uh, giant Stanford upset over USC back in the day. With Harbaugh. That was on Versus. And Booty throwing that interception with yep. a hurt finger. Yep, he threw the interception too. Matter of fact, Richard Sherman caught a touchdown pass because he was still a receiver at Stanford at the time. Wow. I was here at the radio station as it was happening. I was working a UCLA game they were playing that night. UCLA might have been on the four-letter network for all I know. And on our one TV in the corner, little itty-bitty TV was the only the only TV we had versus on. Itty-bitty committee TV? And I just happened to be focusing on it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. USC, they're they're up 13 to whatever. It's like, ah, oh, they'll win. <laughs> I checked back in the fourth quarter. I was like, damn, it's still close. What were they favored by? 90 40? seconds, still close? Ooh. I think, it was like, I think it was like 31 or something like that. Never tell me the odds. It was... It's pretty epic. One of the biggest upsets in college football history, although then you find out eventually Harbaugh is one of the best coaches 
I mean, not currently, but <laughs> at the time but he, he was at the time. Sure. Yeah. Did <laughs> like, it with the UCSD? Did it with Stanford? Did it with the 49ers? Not doing it with Michigan currently. I want to come on back to the West Coast. NFL or college, I don't care. That's, that Midwest life ain't working for him right now. West Coast, best coast, come on. Well, it was a battle of the Dirty South and versus last night. Gucci Man taking on Jeezy, or Young Jeezy as he used to be known. Of course, he got too old, so then he had to drop the name Young, so now he's just Jeezy. How old is Over he? The last, oh, he's got to be in his late 30s, early 40s at this point, I'd imagine. Okay. When did Lil Bow Wow drop the Little? Because he's still little, right? Isn't he five yeah, eight? Yeah, I ran into him uh, downstairs. My guess is he was here doing an interview with Big Boy or something. So he he was here with his entourage. This was probably three years ago. Shad Moss. Yeah, I'm walking downstairs and walking by him. I was like, damn, that dude, that dude is tiny. <laughs> That's my dog. <laughs> so yeah, he went from little little pop. Bi- he went from little Bow Wow to Bow Wow to now Shad Moss. Maybe he's back to Bow Wow again. What is he doing? I have no idea. Not a lot. He tried to do 106 in Park the reboot on like BET.com or something. Mm. Didn't work out that well. Is he going to do a like LeBron movie? Because like he's still <laughs> small enough like where he Mike. could pull off being a 13-year-old kid the problem finding is, some magic shoes. The problem is, yeah, when LeBron James was 13, he was like already seven foot five and like 900 pounds or something. He so. looked old immediately. He did. LeBron's <laughs> one of those like Greg Oden. Greg Oden looked like he was 50 when he was 16. <laughs> Damn. What does Petros always say about LeBron? He looks like an old tree. <laughs> <laughs> like an old redwood tree. It's not inaccurate. <laughs> now it got me thinking about Mortal Kombat 2. When you're fighting in the forest and you have like those haunted trees. And Melina or Jade like pops out from behind they, yeah, one of them. Goes, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Wow. That's a good call, Pete. I didn't even I hadn't heard that com- I hadn't heard that comparison. That's pretty good. <laughs> like well, the trees in Lord of the Rings. The, the versus battle was supposed to take off at five o'clock Pacific time. Of course it did not. It didn't start until six. An hour later, and so people are, you know, chiming in, all kinds of celebrities. I think Drake and Quavo and a couple of others were, like, patiently anticipating the start of this thing. Hopefully Lauren Hill didn't say anything. That would be hypocritical. I highly doubt it. How are you going to be an hour late? I'm two hours late normally. (laughs) Exactly. So it was a nice setup, actually. It was set up at a club in Atlanta. There, There was two thrones that were separated by this giant monitor that had the Versus logo and, of course, Ciroc, which is their sponsor. Versus uh, Game of Thrones. Kind of. And so they started going back and forth. And uh, I guess Gucci Mane was upset that Jeezy was going back to a lot of his older tracks, which I, you know, those are his that, classic ones. I think that's what you would normally do. He thought that was a cheap move. I, I guess. And so what Jeezy thought. Are you going to use your good songs? Jeezy thought it was a dirty move that Gucci, first of all, Gucci Mane has been trolling Jeezy this entire week with like little memes and little things on Twitter and Instagram trying to get him riled up, I guess. And he released a diss track this week. Mm-hmm. Where he made light of the fact that uh, at one point someone in his entourage um, was indicted on a murder charge of someone in Jeezy's entourage back in the day. Oh, that's hilarious! And that's, oh, oh, oh I got you, good you. F-er. And it was at that point in time that Jeezy, you know, did the record scratch and said, uh, hold, "Hold up, we gotta have a conversation." It's like this, bro. I stood up my hand because I'm a real man, and the shit we came from in the street, dog. You seen it? We've been through it, dog. 20 years, 20 years. And when I said I wanted to do this shit for the culture, that's what I wanted to do, nigga. I brought you here to show you the world, care about what the fuck we got going on, because we are the culture. You feel me? Me and you, where we came from, what we been through, nigga. Us, me and you, all these kids out here doing what the fuck they do, because they saw what went on with us, dog. So this shit ain't about me, this shit ain't about you. You feel what I'm saying? This shit by King Von, this shit by Dope B, this shit by Nipsey Hussle. 
This shit by motherfucking Pop Smoke, M3. And I'm real enough to do that, nigga, because one thing about it, two things for show, three things for certain, nigga. I'm the realest nigga in it. You already know. All right. Yeah, Van Zane drops in to get your mind right, which is one of his hits back in the day. But basically, he ran down a list of rappers who have uh, died over the last two, three years, I guess. It's like, why are you bragging about the fact that, you know, you were involved, one a person in your entourage was involved in murdering somebody in mine. We're out here just trying to, you know, have some fun, empower people. Why are you making a diss track, number one, and then number two, taking shots at people that you're killing? That was kind of powerful. Yeah. I felt like that was straight out of a movie script or something. Especially the way that it ended, which made me seem like, I wonder if that was like, part of it had to have been scripted to a degree or something, you know? (laughs) So if there was part of him talking from the heart and part of it, like, and maybe just a ramp up, they knew when to hit the beat when he stood on the top of the chair, because he stood on the chair and that's when they... They dropped the beat. Epic but intro to his song. I would say so. Right? <laughs> so Gucci Mane later on did apologize too for maybe taking it a step too far. Oh, so, that got me emotional. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for by all accounts, I'll be true. Full disclosure: I did not watch the entire thing. I thought GZ was going to win, and I thought the football game was going to be more entertaining. And it was, was a winner declared. You win. Is there ever a winner? <laughs> so. It's subjective. It's just people on Twitter yeah, saying, giving their oh, opinions. I saw Kevin Hart tweet this morning like, oh, that was that S was tight, son. <laughs> That's essentially what he tweeted. That was the illest rhyme I ever seen, y'all. <laughs> the old uh do I have that? Yeah. That was the illest rhyme I ever seen, son. <laughs> so so there you go. Versus battle uh last night. I don't know when the next one is. I like these. Yeah. Even though I've only seen one, which was between DMX. Mm. and Snoop Dogg. Snoop, yes. That was highly entertaining. That was Because so they weren't just playing tracks. Snoop Dogg was rapping on yeah. all of his. And Snoop would get up and start dancing and doing yeah. his thing. He Snoop was, was performing was putting a on the show, No doubt. DMX, a uh, little bit past his prime. Well. Dogs do age faster. So you're saying he's not he's not barking, he's just a, it's a whimper now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, on his way to the pound. It went from, har, 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 <laughs> He's a little yipper dog now. Nine four nine four seven eight eleven ninety seven is the number to leave us a voicemail. We do have two, excuse me, three voicemails to get to. Ooh wee! Come on, talk some shit. So let's take a listen. Hello, this is Jimmy from San Diego. I'm calling. A, I'm calling about a non-sports related uh, topic. I just got an email right now or today, yesterday, uh, that Netflix is gonna. Increase their rate four dollars to seventeen ninety nine. I've been a member with them since two thousand nine when they used to ship out DVDs. I don't know, man. Is it worth the Netflix and chill? Adam, you're gonna have to uh, give me some new movies to uh, watch on Netflix. That way, it could be worth it to keep it. Anyway, FNA. Well, first of all, thank you, Jimmy. The first thing, I thought you said the the price of meth was going up, and I was like, oh, I, I can't help you with that, brother. That's that's outside of my purview. You got to go up to Seattle. They can help you out with that. Uh, the price is wrong, bitch. Yeah, Netflix hiking up its prices yet again. But, I mean, the the hustle now, the hack now that people have is, like, just get, get a family member. I think you can have mm-hmm. up to six accounts on Netflix. It's either four or six, something like that. And or At if, least that many people use them on. Or, or at least find a friend. And you guys can just, one person open an account, and then between you and six other people, just split the bill. Friends with streaming benefits. Yeah, that's all you got to do. So I think Netflix is still worth it for, I pay nine ninety nine now, I think. What was the price Jimmy said? He, 
He was in since 2009. Yeah. He's old school. He wants to be grandfathered in. Look, 100 years from now, that price is going to go up eventually. They're is not going to they're going to not going to let you keep that original contract. I thought baseline price was 12.99. If it's 9, I thought 9.99 is the cheapest package, but I thought that was for non-HD or something. I'm not that cheap. Don't get cheap on me. Don't I don't you. have 4K. Neither do I. Because I don't have a 4K television, anyways. To, to the best of my knowledge, I thought it was 12.99, but maybe you got some uh, some extra perks working in there, Adam, that I'm not aware of. Maybe I haven't checked my bill in years, probably, and I'm still living in the 9.99 past. That's probably what it is. <laughs> but uh, it sounds like there's a lot of good new content currently because everybody's talking about the the Queen's Gambit, the chess movie. The okay. female Bobby Fisher. Okay. I don't know. I haven't seen any of it, but I'm going to watch it soon. I did watch I've heard of it. the true crime documentary, The Disappearance of Madeline McCain, which was very good. And I've been watching The Toys That Made Us. I said I was going to watch that episode on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was fantastic. I watched the Power Rangers one, the Star Wars one, the Transformers one. So that's the only place to get that stuff. Yeah, it's worth it if you're going to, and it sounds obvious, worth it if you're going to use it often enough. If it's someone that you don't, if you don't watch television that often or don't like a lot of the content, then yeah, it's probably not worth the investment. Is it worth it, though, if you just have a ton of stuff in your queue and you never even watch it? No, <laughs> no, which is why I share mine now, full disclosure. So I very, I don't watch it as often even as I used to at this point. So you share it with your girl? No. Oh, my oh. mother. Similar. Not really. Not in the least bit. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy, for the call. Yeah. Uh, find some homies that you guys can maybe split the bill together and then that'll lessen the burden on you a little bit. Yeah. What else we got? What it do, fellas? This is Big Lou. Uh, Want to say thanks for the thanks for the T-shirt. It's doing real well as a as a cup holder because that's about the only place that I can fit it. It's a it's a tad, it's a tad small. Uh, my nickname is pretty pretty uh, spot on, appropriate, accurate. Big Lou. I think we may have lost Big Lou. I think Big Lou had a had a bad connection. He tried to fit into his shirt and it just suffocated. Him. My uh, my apologies, Big Lou. I, <laughs> I believe I sent you the largest size that we have. There's only so much we can do there. No. But the graphics are so cool right. that it doesn't even matter. You can put it up on the wall like a poster. Yeah, just do it that way. That works. <laughs> oh. Represent us that way. Have you sent us a a uh, shot of you not wearing the shirt, just holding it up, Big Lou, <laughs> like it's your jersey, like you came to a new team or got a new contract? We should send your boy EDP a shirt. Yeah, we should do him. that. He was nice enough to talk crap about us on that uh, that voicemail thing he sent to us or that, that Peter paid for. Oh, he definitely laugh yeah. at that only extra large shirt that we would have for him. <laughs> Maybe if he this. tries to put it on, put it on, he could stretch it out enough to make it a two XL at least. I think it'll be a halter top before he even. Hey, fat ass. Last call. Sports bra. Uh, what to do, fellas? Uh, scratch that last voicemail. Oh. I had a little connection issue, uh, but I want to say thanks for the T-shirt. Um, it, it fits roughly around my hand, but you know, thanks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang it up somewhere so so the so the nation can see it when I drive around. I might I might use it as a flag on my car or something. Yeah. But thanks for the shirt. And I want to know I, I'm a little behind on the podcast, but Adam, will you be? Would you be doing the pre-half and post for the Clippers games, you know, in December from from the Yard House or or what the, uh, or the you know the bowling alley over there across the LA Live, or are you going to actually be in the stadium, possibly getting the Rona? 
So I was just wondering. I'm a, I'm a when when Mitch comes into town for you know for the off season, I'm gonna let him know so we can come by and say hey. I'll I'll see a big brother Jake and get us in, and we can come say hi to you. But you guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work, and uh, go Bears, go Bulls, and go Blackhawks. Ooh. Now I can't speak to the Blackhawks and how they're doing, but the other two teams, especially recently, the Bears just lost. Not necessarily the glory days for Chicago either, and the, <laughs> of the Blackhawks. You know, things are on the come though with Billy Donovan. They're on. Are they? On the upswing. Well, they got to be better than They can't year. be worse, right? Are they going to trade Levine? No. <laughs> but, yes, will you be in Staples Center sitting next to Noah Eagle and Big Brother Jake and mm. down from Brian Seaman where he can throw pieces of paper at you? I don't even know if the important people like Noah Eagle and Brian Seaman will be inside the stadium. Uh, so that chance I will be if I'm still lucky to be doing the pre-half and post for the Clippers this season. It would stand to make sense to me, and I have no idea how any of this stuff works. If they're going to be here, if the Clippers are playing home games at at Staples Center, I mean, look, the remote broadcast booth for, I know at least for the TV broadcast, they were doing it like from like a little trailer outside of Staples. (laughs) They're not going to be in close contact with the players from the broadcast position. There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to to be able to sit up in their broadcast spots. I mean, look, in the bubble, they had all these partitions set up and you had all the national announcers being able to announce games. Yeah. So in theory, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to be in the arena, the arena as long as they're apart from the players and other personnel. But obviously that stuff goes way over my head. So. I like when Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson do like a fist pump or fist bump. Through the glass. Through the glass. <laughs> I also love when uh, during the uh, USC-Arizona State game a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> Gus Jets said, listen to this crowd. He had to have been doing it tongue-in-cheek. But was Joel, that the jaw rule thing? Joel didn't laugh. Crickets. Like he didn't seem as if he was making a joke, but he had to have been. <laughs> when you're in a stadium that seats a hundred thousand people, I think it's been downscaled to like eighty or whatever now. And there's obviously nobody there. There was a time where we could have got Joe Clatt on this show. <laughs> but I now, don't know. I feel like he's strong I feel like he strung you along just the entire time and never had really any serious intentions of coming on the show. Oh, come on. We go back a ways when he was filling in for Matt Money Smith here during a week with Petros Papadakis. When's the last time they he came on? Boys. This is all you need to know. When's the last time he came on with Petros and Money? That's a good question. Yeah. How's Colorado doing this year? <clears throat> they beat UCLA, didn't they? Yeah, that, that says or a lot. Or did they lose to them? No, they won. Uh, they almost blew a lead, but they, they won. But then UCLA beat Cal. Yes. But then UCLA lost to Oregon. Uh, who knows? <laughs> That's all happening tomorrow. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll see. Uh, thank you guys for calling. We appreciate it. 949-478-1197. And if you are a new caller or a new listener to the FNA podcast, like Big Lou, you'll get a shirt. One size tries to fit all. Well, I mean, we do have two sizes. We got large and we, extra we large. We have extra large and large. Or excuse me, extra large and 2X, I believe, is what it is. Okay. 2X. Yes. Not 3X, not 1X, We 2X. don't have any 3s, no. We don't. We do not have any 3Xs, unfortunately. I know how to shrink a shirt. Yes. I'm not sure how to stretch one out. I believe I saw you trying to uh, tutor someone on how to shrink a shirt on Twitter a few weeks ago, or recently. Well, I read on Google and reposted... <laughs> is that what it was? <laughs> ...their own directions, which is, I think, wash it in 
hot water and then co- or cold water yeah, and then, then dry put it in the dryer for 10 hours. Or high heat or something. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly. That. Or find someone who does some voodoo and shrink it that way. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, go to FNAPodcast.com as well. Click on the Amazon banner before you purchase items. Holiday season is here. It's not even coming up. It's already here. Christmas music is already playing. It's already in the air. So if you want to buy items for your loved ones or if you want to buy a bag of dicks, which is a thing I found out about last year. When people say, eat a dick or eat a bag of dicks, you can literally buy a bag of dicks and send it to somebody anonymously. How many come in a bag? I don't know. It's a a bunch of little dicks. So (laughs) it's a little, little tiny dick gummies, I believe is what they are. Ooh, like Swedish fish? I I don't, yeah, I don't know what they taste like, uh, but you can send a a, a bag of dicks to someone that you don't like. Uh, Do some come sour flavored or... (laughs) You can only they hope. like trolley worms. I can only hope. Uh, at follow Adam A is where you can find Adam on Twitter. I am at kfig1. We are at FNA Show. Our friend Bob Schmidt at Voice of Bob. He never tweets. Uh, but what if they're like gobstoppers and you just <laughs> suck on them forever? <laughs> you, you can only, only hope, Adam. The everlasting <laughs> bag of dicks. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate your support as always. For Adam, I'm Kevin. This has been another edition of the FNA Podcast. That gives you an idea what's on his mind. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.